Oh, I was going to ask if you were sipping on that Josh. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I do love that Josh. <laughs> is it good? So what is Josh and why are you not sipping on it? Okay. So the shop, I, you know, spend part of my week at, um, they like to do more off the beaten path type stuff. And Josh is like, you go into Walmart and that's like, Oh, we're joshing it up. And here's here's the thing. Josh isn't a bad wine. It's just like, number one, it's called Josh. Which is like, honestly, the funniest. If you were looking for the funniest thing you can call a wine. Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah. like Josh is the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you were sitting on that Keith, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, Josh is the name that people like are like, Josh, right? Instead of Jeff. <laughs> like, it's like the natural default. They're like, Josh. Yeah, it's an interesting choice. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's like it's a good crowd pleaser and stuff. Um, yeah, we don't carry it because they're better, or at least as good wines for the same kind of price point, if not, you know, less expensive. But yeah, shout out Josh. By the way, this is Nerzy, the stupidest podcast of leftist rap Twitter. Um, I'm Drew. This is I'm joined by Slava and Trey. Our producer is Joe. I mean, Steel Tip Dove. Uh, sorry, cops. And we are joined today by Jeff Weiss, aka the Land Magazine himself. Yeah. I am the um, Land, as many people have said. Uh, so Joe and Jeff, y'all both are involved with rap labels to some degree. What do we have to do to get sipping on that Josh to be a going concern in underground hip hop? You can start the off same thing as sipping lean, man. It's going to become a fucking epidemic. Um, I don't know, yeah, <laughs> just the Josh is really killing it. The name. It's really hurting. <laughs> well, as a as a friend of the uh, friend of the uh, blog uh, Disco Vietnam once said, he was like he was like disillusioned with DJ Shadow, like going from this like great mystique of you know introducing and even the private press, and then like he kind of stepped out of the shadows and just uh, Disco Vietnam just looks at me and he goes, "He's just Josh now." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. So mean. Yeah, so, yeah. so mean. I was like, I don't know. You still made introducing. <laughs> like, okay. So we gotta get E40 on another DJ Shadow song and <laughs> it'll happen. You could um, sip on that Earl. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Earl Private Reserve or something. He's got his own uh cookbook, Goon with the Spoon. Wow. What's he cooking? Um, I don't know. I haven't got that far. Okay. I read? That's why I'm here. Oh, fair, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, uh, the only website that was left that hadn't been taken over by AI bots, uh, Pitchfork, has been folded into GQ. Um, it's why we have gotten Jeff on this show and kept Slava up, even though he's like, 
he has to wake up at like 5 a.m. and also is jet lagged from like Manitoba or Alaska or something. Same shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if I, <laughs> yeah. If you can point either one of those out on the map, um, most send you a shirt that we don't make yet. Um, you know, it's funny is like while I was there, this whole pitchfork thing was happening, and I asked everybody I worked with, I'm like, you ever heard of pitchfork? And they're like, no. Oh, so it's like, the town around Brooklyn. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I bet. I feel like yeah, it's a, the spiritual epicenter of Pitchfork. Yeah, yeah uh, it's the end of a fucking era, man. Yeah, it's. I feel it's like the uh, in a way, it's like the death of the millennial. You know, um, because mm-hmm. I was I was thinking about it, and it's like all these people are like uh, mourning it on Twitter. And then I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, there's no Zoomers here. <laughs> like everyone, yeah. there are, but like it's one percent. It's like all millennials and like Gen Xers, and the Zoomers are like making TikTok videos. You know what I mean? Like they're or they're <laughs> well, the, well, the Zoomers are just like, yeah, that website only gave Ariana a seven point three on her album. Fuck them. They should have got. They should have died years ago. Like yeah, you know. Yeah, it's uh definitely going to like a individual TikToks that are just like broad. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I think it's like, de- I, I, I've been saying this for a while, but I was like, it, it's sort of the death of the written word. Like I don't, but it's so complicated, right? Because it's, it's like such a confluence of things. It's like a, of course people are reading less, but pitchfork was still getting eight and a half million views a month. But like, there's a like, I don't know, there's legislation going through the United States government right now that would kind of uh, have a profit share from Google and, and Instagram kind of being forced to give money to individual publishers to kind of keep journalism alive. But the big tech companies obviously are have like currently bought them off to this point. But then like Google's going to end up going around it because AI, right? Like now if you Google anything, it's like AI searches before you go to a website. So I don't know. Plus like, People, you know, have pivoted to video and podcasts, like whether we want to or not. Like, I don't think the average person ever really read, but there was like kind of a class of people that did. And now I think, you know what I mean? Like, there'll never be, there will be people obviously that like it, but I don't think enough to sustain a website like where, you know, has 20 or 30 people on staff. I mean, I just think about how when I was like 14, 15, whatever. I was growing up in Western North Carolina. There were like, I, there were 20,000 people in the whole county, maybe a thousand, 2,000 in my town. And I just like, I liked weird music and we had DSL. And so I just spent like, like sucking lips. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just spent all of my time on the computer, like, downloading spoon albums off LimeWire because I read them, I read about them on Pitchfork and they seemed good. And like, you know, so much of that experience like shaped my identity as well as like my virulent lack of friends in high school. Um, And, you know, just thinking about like, you know, what does it mean like if pitchfork never happens, then I don't know. I'm I'm not a failed music writer, so maybe that's bad that pitchfork existed. Um, you'd you'd but, be getting beat up by all your coworkers at Dairy Queen. Yep, yep. Yeah, as an adult, yeah, the teenage <laughs> slapping you in the head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, 
<laughs> I think at its best, it was sort of an idea, right? And like that was what was cool about uh, Pitchfork. I think at the you know like that first fifteen years of it, whereas it was like you knew what a Pitchfork band was, you knew kind of the aesthetic. They had like an idea of kind of like it was very Gen X, right? Like I and I think to its credit, you know, it's very much like this shit sucks. This shit is cool. That's like mainstream corporate bullshit. This is kind of like a more authentic alternative, right? And at a certain point, like that right shifted for good reason right like optimism whether people like want to argue about whether it went too far or not obviously is a good idea you know at the beginning like especially because a lot of stuff pitchfork you know to its credit like or to its discredit at the beginning did not really cover much rap they eventually did they broadened their kind of horizons to cover more i still would have liked a lot more coverage of that i mean like but it's everything right it's a giant ecosystem i feel like pitchfork then everything died. So then Pitchfork, everyone's like, well, you have to cover all these different types of music, right? Because double XL is no longer a legitimate concern. Complex barely public complex just published a post today where J Cole is the best rapper of 2023, you know? Okay. Mm. You know what I mean? Noisy is gone, which was Uh, one of the best, you know, but with Nerzy. Yeah. You're not allowed to say the former's name. Oh yeah. But no, but Noisy was one of the great websites of the, of the 2000s. He said it again. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. The <laughs> website that shall not be named was one of the great websites of the yeah, two thousand. Um, yeah, but like that's gone, right? And like now there's different, which was of course my plan for uh, POW Passion of the Weiss was I was planning on outlasting everybody and uh, conquering. Congratulations, the, yeah. conquering the runes of music journalism. <laughs> you know, my empire of dirt. Um, Zoomers definitely didn't like Pitchfork, but you know what they did like is Anthony Fantano. They do, love and. Yeah. I feel like you, while you're right in saying that like the the business model couldn't sustain a newsroom of 15 to 20 people, it, it let Anthony Fantano cook, and uh, maybe that's enough. I think you're also forgetting the final 30 minutes of the Joe Budden podcast, which, as we all know, is dedicated to bangers. Sleepers. Sleepers. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I think it's called bangers. <laughs> which you have well, to subscribe to if you want to hear <laughs> but i, I mean um, podcasts are kind of you know like a you know what's a find me an employed podcast producer at this point it, it's a really precarious market i think for all <laughs> facets of media you know the la times is about to lay off 20 percent of its staff they're saying and you know you know there's so many been so many layoffs vox had layoffs um, illustrated Sports Illustrated, yeah. I mean, that was how already... You, I still can't figure out how you fuck up running Sports Illustrated, man. I don't know how you can fuck, fuck it up. up. They just put out like a quarterly fucking swimsuit issue, man. Like, it's, yeah. I don't think they know. fucked it up. It's just a numbers game. They're just like, make this bar go up a little bit. How can we do that? Well, knock Sports Illustrated off the graph. Well, do you know... Bar the, goes up. Do you know the deal with Sports Illustrated? So basically, they'd like... The company that was publishing Sports Illustrated was licensing the rights to publish Sports Illustrated from like another group that owned like the rights to Billabong, you know, like the old what? Yeah, what? that's how fucked up media is, right? Like it's like so they had to like license it from the Billabong guy, but the guy that was the publisher of New Sports Illustrated was the guy that you thro- got thrown out from the LA Times. He was the publisher of the LA Times for about a month, but like all these like sexual harassment things came about him, and then he was running like In a month Sports <laughs> Illustrated, yeah. I mean, it's all, that's like the other thing, right? Is these people don't, like, there was a David Roth point where none of these people read. They have no idea how to run a website. They think because they're rich, they're smart. They all think that they can go into media and figure out what's wrong with it. That's been a thing that's happened for 20 years. And I don't actually think 
anyone can figure it out except gotta give him credit. Maybe Bill Simmons was the only one that kind of figured it out because the ringer is probably the only sustainable model because you're like, and it still had to get owned by Spotify, right? Where it's like you, but the model makes sense, right? Where you're like, you have, let's say 10 to 15 podcasts that people actually want to listen to. And you're, you're, you still have a website, which is a loss leader, right? Because you still want to publish like quality journalism and, and whatever. And the ringer is also like as a partnership with HBO. No, it like did. It started off on that foot. Well, then it yeah, got bought. The, yeah. He also had to be famous. Like Bill Simmons is one of the most famous, like, you know, personalities in America. Right. I mean, the ringer is like the fucking like Chris Paul in the summer of 2023 of websites, just like an asset that was passed around. <laughs> I hope That's it continues good. to exist, but like, it's one of those things where it's like, what is the day when Spotify decides like, we don't want to publish a website anymore? What's the point? Yeah. Of this? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and I think that's the future of everything. I mean, like the, and it's going to be a lot of like individual, like you're right. Needle drop is and no jumper is I'm sure making a ton of money, not just from porn. Like, uh, the, the I was about to say, I feel like a lot of it is porn. <laughs> or gambling. Mean, but, but people are now, but like, again, People, these people figured out how to make money, and that's just a total, like, uh, you know, lack of journalistic ethics, right? Like, they're selling spots, you know, they're playing your songs for money. Like, I mean, not Fantano necessarily, but the rest, you know, most of these websites are these Instagram Instagram page. Like, you could make, I wrote an article for the LA Times. This was, I guess, I think it came out in the summer of 2019 or 2020. And it was about how the, all the popular blogs no longer had websites, right? They were all YouTube channels and mm-hmm. Instagram pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's been like that for like five years. And now we're kind of like the end. It's like the, the Wiley Cody has been running off the cliff now for five years. And now we're sinking. Hey, and he and, finally looked down. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, well, one thing that I personally find interesting is like, Passion of the Weiss, like you said, your plan was to outlast them all. Um, and like, and like, you know, kind of almost like a meme on music journalism internet is like people being like, oh shit, okay, now we have to do the defector of music journalism. And I'm kind of like looking at it and being like, looking at this and being like, well, Jeff has been doing that for like a decade 15 years i don't even know well, and 20. yeah 20 years yeah. i'm not even first, 20 years foot- old yeah it was i know right paul thompson it just turned 20 yeah um but <laughs> like no it, yeah i feel like it kind of i, I mean we tried i mean I, you probably remember i think like it must have been 09 or 2010 we tried to do like a defector model you know mm. like i think we were trying to merge with a word do you remember a word like the uh no, probably not even. It was a good website in like 08, 09. Okay. And um, yeah, we tried to do something like that. And I would love, I mean, I'm tr- I would love to make POW more of a profitable endeavor. I I, I am, I love the idea. I, I wish everyone the best who's doing, if they want to do it, uh, you know, a worker-owned music website. Like, I think there needs to be like 50 times more coverage of things. I'm wary of the amount of people willing to pay. You know, and that's what I've personally found. And like, we might, uh, you know, obviously have to explore other options in the future about ways to kind of like make the site viable because I would love to pay writers more in in all honesty. Like I I have zero delusions of ever 
making it like no one will ever want to buy the site. <laughs> That's like impossible. But I would love to be able to pay writers like three hundred dollars a story, you know, and yeah, yeah, which isn't enough, right? Like we should, I should be paying people a thousand dollars a story, you know, minimum. But it's uh, what's what's the name on Sex in the City? had a big ass apartment and more shoes than anybody should have based on like Ryan, a fucking 250 word column once a week. <laughs> yeah. But she got paid $4 yeah, a that's word. What, that's what we need to get back to. That's what we need to get back to. Well, like $8 I mean, a word or some shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah she's like, getting $4 a word. Yeah. Like uh, Ernest Hemingway, I think was like doing like, uh, like Spanish war reporting, um, Spanish civil war reporting. And I think he was getting like the equivalent of like $50,000 in modern money per story like it it's something like that it was like he was getting like four thousand dollars in like 1937 money you know what i mean it's like, it's oh, like, too, you can you buy a country you can buy a country <laughs> what'd you say slava i said they didn't have like fail compilations back then that's where the real money would have been right like uh, a rob deirdrick style um hilariousness or whatever that show is called that's where the real money is you have to do that well, we don't know what was on those newsreels that they were playing, like, between the picture shows. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a way, viable way, to um, have maybe several versions of Anthony Fantano? Not, lit- please, just let me be clear. Good, different, varied versions of what Fantano does, but there they, you know, exist behind a website right like i mean it still eliminates the the writing but then like you said you could use the money that people like that generate yeah. to pay, right that's if, leader or something that's like the that. only way to do it um i think you have to like i was thinking about the ringer right like that's those things support yeah. but i don't know can and anthony fantano like like the internet is sort of old you know what i mean like it, it doesn't produce yeah. new things the same way we're gonna feel real old when tiktok is washed that's what I'm saying. It's, it's coming. Yeah, it's going to feel fucking old. crazy. It's coming. Don't say, don't say that. That's it's going to feel crazy, bro. <laughs> it's going to happen. Like, I mean, yeah. that's, I mean, if you look at it, right? Like, let's look at the history of like the internet so far, right? We went from like Friendster to MySpace to Facebook to in- Instagram is for old millennials. You know, like if you look at Zoomers, like they barely post or they don't even take it seriously. Like TikTok is going to be, Vine is gone. It, whatever, whatever the next thing is going to be will not be, t- you know, it's, TikTok's not going to have like some kind of like hegemony for 10 years. I mean, are we going to see like a, all right, fuck that question. Uh, Emily just texted me and B dropped 70 points on Wimby. What? Wait, 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 wait. What what do you mean? I don't watch basketball. That sounds like a lot. It's, it's much more than usual. Yeah. That team has nobody on it though. It's not very impressive. Wimby had 33 and that's like a really so good night for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I watched the first three quarters. Embiid hit forty nine. Um, Jesus, it, Jesus. Okay, time to trade him. Yep, yep. His value. Uh, it's it's only going down from here. Uh, let's see if we can get like two firsts and <laughs> uh, Bruce Brown for him. Hey, fuck you, man. <laughs> um i think uh one thing to note is uh vice vice used to be it's funny because we started this podcast like morning vice and that was almost a year ago and now we're doing 
it's the first episode of season two and we're just mourning a different website. I can't wait to see what we mourn season three. <laughs> but uh, to his credit, Vice did figure out a way to do advertising really well or like natively, <laughs> right? And Pitchfork never even really seemed to care about that. Maybe it's because they were scared of being called sellouts. But I just wonder if like they could have bought themselves a couple more years if they played ball. I don't think the the other thing is I don't think brands care anymore about display ads. I think they want to like if you're a brand, right? And let's say you're Subway, which I I bet has like some outrageous number of Instagram followers. I bet Subway has got like five million Instagram followers, something probably ridiculous. But let's say they even have a million. Why would you not spend a million dollars on ads on Instagram that's directing it to people and can drive direct sales or whatever it is, you know, like hit you? Because Instagram has tracked like everything. They know every little detail about you and what you like. So why would they not just take out the ad on that rather than, you know, go to a third party company? I just don't think they care. Yeah, I mean, that is sort of the, there's like a disconnect there between people people care about writing. Like it might not be a ton of people, but they they obviously do. The ones who do obviously do. And advertisers seem to not care. Um, and I, cause I think you do raise a good point where like, you know, people always blame the media executives cause they're the ones who uh, do the lay off, laying off. But, you know, also we should be getting mad at advertisers and also like people who aren't figuring out new ways to do shit. I don't well, know. I think there's oh, a- dude, I got tons of words for fucking Google and Facebook and this whole situation that we found ourselves in. Like what? As well as fucking the Congress people or whatever government regulators allowed this to happen. You know, I, I tweeted this other day, but um, what's so galling to me is that, I am constantly, as somebody that's run this blog for like forever, right? Uh, None of these, like everyone is desperate now to get on like my site, not everyone, but a lot of, you know, if they, if they're aware of journalism, they want to get on the site, right? But no one will take out an ad on the site because they'd rather, you know, spend, and like, I understand why, but like you're bemoaning there are they all these people are going to bemoan the death of journalism and like, they're going to be all these major labels are going to be complaining. Oh, we can't get coverage for any of our artists. And like, you know, you saw the Billboard article last year where they're like, oh, we're not minting new stars. You're like, oh, I wonder if one of the reasons why you're minting new stars is because you're all doing fucking marketing and people are not that stupid to only see through. Like, you build mythology of artists through press. I hate to say it, like, press are fucking willing accomplices 80% of the time. And like, larger than life if you don't give fucking press access. And I understand, like, they're like, oh, I don't like, you know, like... I don't like these not real journalists. People complain about button or no jumper or whatever it is, but like you need to take out ads to support these websites. Like I'm friends with Justin Gage who does aquarium drunkard and we'll text a lot about this, you know, just like, cause we're basically the two last blogs other than maybe stereo gum. And um, which is like kind of a different thing. You know, there it's amazing. They're still successful. Like, I mean, I'm sure it's not a high profit margin, but no one wants to take on an ad, you know, and like they'll, they'll all, I will be deluged. They're, and there's 10 publicists for every one writer at this point. Yeah. And yeah. they're hitting you yeah. up all day long. And then, you know, tell your, the, your client to take on an ad to support this website, but they don't want to do that because they, again, like they would, and like these major labels, I cannot stress enough are making insane amounts of money now, but the executives have just learned. They're like, I'll just be behind the scenes and I'll be like inconspicuous. And like, I'll let, you know, whoever wants to get mad at like this 
person doing criticism or whoever the villain is of the day, but most of the executives are actually the one pulling the strings and actually have buying power. They're just like invisible and everything collapses, you know? I mean, yeah, that's another <laughs> sort of question is like, I don't know, like Spotify is partially owned by all the major labels. Like why, like, is there a world in which, like, you know, the major indies, like the XLs and the merges and shit like that come together and say, like, okay, we're going to just do Pitchfork over again. We'll call it Spork. And, like, we will just step away because we know that it's best for the music industry or something. I mean, Uprox is owned by Warner. So, I mean, on some degree, like, the, you know, that has already happened to a point, but I don't think they care. I don't think they value journalism to that degree. I mean, maybe a few people do here and there. I also don't think they're that rich. I think the ones that are really that rich are, I mean, Excel's probably doing great off of Dell money still, but I yeah. don't think your average, I don't think like downtown records is like printing cash or whatever. I don't think Beggar's Banquet is like that. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's really like, you know, your big four and the, they don't care. You know, they're they're completely agnostic to anything. I mean, look at the artists that they sign now. I mean, like it, it it's just they're not exactly looking for the next outcast anymore. They're looking for like TikTok artists that they can make a cool like four or five million off of. So sign for like a, let's say they sign up for a million dollars, you make four or five million off of them and you know, whatever, you own you own them forever. So maybe they get another hit, maybe they don't. Like twenty four K Golden. Remember you heard about that guy all the yeah. time for like six months and then totally. never again. Totally. You know? And like even designer, like as much as we clown probably designer, I guarantee like they made five times the money off Panda that they signed him for. And then, you know, yep. Yep. I worry about Alex G. Alex G just signed to a major. <laughs> Fine. I mean, look at Tame Impala. He'll be fine. I mean, like they'll, he'll just be the indie, you know, the indie darling and he'll be insufferable and you'll see him everywhere for, you know, the next five years because everyone, they need a token. He's like they're the new Tame Impala. Yeah. Okay. Who's so Alex G's like Max Marco. Yeah, like Max Marco was for a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. you gotta have the the Coachella side stage loss leader. <laughs> I don't make money, right? Yeah, like, man, first of all, it's called the Gobi. You show us some fucking respect. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he'll make they'll make money though off Alex G. They, you know, like I mean, also like. The other thing is there's no, like, there's the labels don't have to spend that much money. I mean, really, I think what they mostly spend their money on is promotion at this point. There's no physicals, you know, for yeah. most places. I mean, this has always been my conspiracy theory about why J. Cole happened is because J. Cole, you don't really need an album budget beyond sample clearance because he can produce it himself. He does the raps himself. He famously is willing to go platinum with no features. Like... It's Not everyone's all... willing to do that. Yeah, man. You, yeah. yeah, it's like yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you, you can't just call Twenty One Savage up, even though he does from time to time now. But like, yeah, you can't just call Forty Two Doug up. You know. And J Cole sucks so fucking bad, bro. Like, and I don't understand yeah, why this like keeps part. going forward and forward. And like, but other stuff people don't care about. Like, where's like I'm, I'm, I feel bad for Big Sean. You know, 
Like, why J. Cole and I don't Big feel Sean? those are Big Sean. <laughs> uh, they're both. Both can be bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, like, what is acceptably good and the other is... Well, whatever. here's the thing. I, Big, Sean. Big Sean is good for, like, the first 25 seconds of a song, and then you get to around, like, 27 to 32, and it's like, oh, uh, I wish I'd never heard <laughs> Dude, I don't know, man. Major label rap is... Like, I feel like you get into the conversation where you're like, rap music is bad, and then everyone's like, but XYZ, right? But, like, major label rap is really bad right now. <laughs> like, it is, bad. the reason, like, it's just the worst I think it's ever been in in my lifetime. Maybe, like, there was, like, 08, 09 was really bad, but... That was a dark Jeff, era. Jeff, there's, right now, there's at least four Nas albums that come out every year, and you have to think back to a time... When the the people that were uh, putting rap on their shoulders were Two Chains and Juicy J, that was like the darkest uh, era. That was a good time. That was, that was awesome. a good time, man. Two Chains and Juicy J went fast. What the fuck? Bangers. Juicy J. Juicy J made the thriller of ratchet music. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And that was nah, that was a good. I mean, would you really need to listen to Four Nas albums still? <laughs> a year, or I'll die. <laughs> It's part of our parole conditions. <laughs> it's, it's just, I don't know. It, it's just, like, I, like, mostly listen to, like, young, like, West Coast, like, street rappers with, like, 200,000 Spotify listeners that are, like, very popular, like, regionally. And I think regional rap is really cool. And I think there's some really cool, like, underground stuff going oh, you've been You've been listening to Yellow Hill? Yeah, I like Yellow Hill. Yeah. Yeah, it's the uh, first episode of Nerdy ever. We took a clip from that song with him and, uh, Fucking sugar free, where sugar free talks oh, about. Oh yeah, that's great. Where sugar free talks about the bear breaks in the cabin and a uh, big bear, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was his wife. I think his wife was living in Big Bear, and then he he moved out of there. And like when I was interviewing Sugar Free, like I guess probably almost like a year ago, he was like looking at Big Bear on his like TV in his like he lives in Victorville, and he was like looking at it, and he was just like cursing about like he's like God damn, I told told my ex wife to evacuate, and like they're all like sniffing <laughs> Big Bear, and you're like this is the most sugar free moment. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, um, you are like a huge proponent of local music. The only reason I know who Kevin Gates is is because you like mentioned him in a post you did when you were covering the Boosie trial. Right. Yeah. So like stuff like that still does bubble up, and yeah. Kevin Gates like would go on to become a huge rap superstar. But it took uh, someone writing about him about how he was a local wonder for that to happen. I think that could still happen. No. Uh, it can. Of, I think, of course, it can. I think it's happening more infrequently. I think, um, like, let's look at the '90s, right? Like, to go way back, right? Like, so the kind of music that's coming out of California, right? Because obviously, that's kind of like my closest vantage point. Those mm -hmm. artists, they had to get like a the Bay Area ones got a deal on Jive. Um, the West Coast ones got a deal on Profile. They got a deal on uh, or Death Row signed. Obviously, you know, Relativity was putting out records. Uh, and they were like kind of like bigger kind of indie ruthless obviously um and then but they would what get was the one that master p was on no limit before oh. he was no limit did he i mean i know they did the big deal with profile um i think i think that was their i have a bunch of tapes of his and like they also did uh fucking oh the west coast bad boys one yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that was um I think I might have been profile, but like they did a lot of stuff. I, I mean they were obviously you know those kind of labels would do it, but talking about a minute records. Yes, in a minute. Yes. All of their cassettes okay, yeah, that I own. Records, yeah. 
I have a bunch of their dead stock cassettes and they all have little like slips in the back that have little questionnaires that are like, how did you find this record? What did you think? Also, do you rap? And would you like to send us your demo? Incredible. Right. Yeah. But I just think that like right now, like if you look at it, the rappers from LA that made it, the only one that really has gotten like big, I mean, there's a few right over the last few years. You have Roddy Rich, who sounds like Atlanta. Um, and then you even like even like look at a group like 41 out of New York, right? Like that, like they would appear to me like from afar to be the hottest drill group, right? But like they they're so right, they have a hermetic kind of probably on the streets of New York, they're probably really probably you probably hear them out of car and like, you know, I, I don't know, maybe East New York or where I don't even know them. You know, yeah, 41 is like they're a huge Yeah, they're they're uh they're very much still on the internet. Are they? yeah, right, and they're huge. Yeah. Or and like but even a young Sloby in uh but, it's, but it, I think it's also like they just kind of appeal to the kids who like aren't driving around in cars right now and that kind of stuff. Like they're not going out to bars. So it's not like if Ferg puts out a banger and you hear that shit like when you're like walking past a bar, it's like I think I want to go in for a drink or whatever. Like that's not happening yet. Yeah. I mean even like, like mostly like fifteen year olds champion that shit, you know. I don't know who the big I, I would guess from afar, I don't know that Baby Drill is the biggest young rapper from Atlanta, right? To come out. But like again, no national reputation. Um in California or in LA right now, it's like there's not really, you know, a huge rapper. Chicago, I can't think of the last I mean, I guess it would probably be Polo G a few years ago that came out. I haven't think I haven't heard a Baton Rouge artist. No, that's not to say that there aren't big artists that are kind of in their like little tiny bubble. But most of the artists that go nationally either, I think either sound like Atlanta or more often they're like a kind of Jack Harlow type where they're kind of like this regional slurry kind of, you know what I mean? Like it, <laughs> like what is a Jack Harlow? Like nobody's denominational. Yeah. It's it just like it agnostic. He's a tall white boy. You can put in a new balance commercial and that's why he's big right now. Yeah. He could be in white man can jump. Very, very nice kid. I met him before. Very nice. Kid. I'm sure he's it's like, we, we, we know what's going on here. Yeah. He's like Tiger. Oh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I want to be a nice guy. Like a nice guy. Very nice guy, Tiger. Tiger was also in a movie. It was a porno um, <laughs> that I he directed. Stella had to be in like the new house party, right? <laughs> like he had to. Oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, like, yeah. Well, there's been a lot of rappers in pornos recently, too, which. <laughs> I mean, I think Sauce Walker is like an OnlyFans star. Oh yeah. I've seen that on his Instagram. Yeah, I I, I like he posted a, a clip on Twitter and I was like, dude, I was walking. I did not want to see that. Like, <laughs> there was like that there was a few years ago, like Denzel Curry was in that fucking porno. What? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there was a series called uh Groupie Love. What's his name? Ski Mask. Yep. Yeah. Ski Mask the Slump God. Yeah, and I mean, look, even like like twenty one, right, is huge right now. And even like twenty one, I don't know what you guys thought of that last album, but I thought it was honestly pretty bad. And I really like Twenty One Savage. Are you talking about American Dream or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I play I play it in the wine shop, and like there will be drunk <laughs> people who come in on a Saturday, and like, yeah, that's what's up. And it's like, yeah, okay, just leave me alone. <laughs> that's okay, exactly right. Didn't, like, it didn't qualify because it was too short, and like pitch, uh, Billboard changed the rules for this album. This is like a breaking development. Yeah, I mean, I guess like the, I mean, Sexy Red, I guess, is kind of like a regional rapper, but even then, like, she's not like a St. Louis regional. You know what I mean? She's just kind of like a new version of 
like what Gucci Mane was doing, like, you know, yeah. I think Sexy Red's more niche right now still, but Sexy Red is going to blow up. But like, yeah, Sexy Red is far from a regional rapper. And Ice Spice is sort of like a, like a, I, I like Ice Spice, but she's definitely like a kind of a cleaned up major label version of Drill. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So moving on, we are now going to make predictions for the year 2024. Um, Jeff, you have the, as the guest, you have the choice of either making two predictions for the year or being the judge of our predictions. I will be the judge. Because I'm an asshole. Okay. <laughs> I'm a, a judgmental critic to the end. <laughs> All right. Slava, you have the honors. This is what my real prediction is. is Vice is back in. Because of their close connection to Saudi Arabia and Saudi Arabia's uh, rise, Vice is about to become the new Al Jazeera. Hmm. Am I survived with that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, you know, obviously if Saudi Arabia loves anything, it's journalists. So I think, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it depends like, uh, how, how handy is Shane Smith with a bone saw these days? <laughs> I, mean, I, I feel like the question we should ask, you know, I feel like the early vice, like electro clash era vice aesthetic has like come and gone, uh, with regards to the now, uh empty dime square i assume dime square is empty um i never hear about it anymore but Have like you seen the Riyadh headquarters uh i was i was over in lower east side on friday yeah did you see the guy from the help nah i went to this bar club with a friend and uh very risky idea that's kind of cool no was it good I, we were the oldest people in there by like probably seven, eight years. Um, what were people wearing in there? Not shit I was wearing. <laughs> Did you see that article about how like on the, I think it was like on like Bloomberg economics or something today about how like Zoomers, like the graph of like how Zoomers like basically don't drink and have not left the house and like, or like the, the, the chart of like things and like video game. I don't know. I'm not like optimistic about I mean, Zoomers definitely don't drink. Um, I've had multiple experiences of talking to a Zoomer where their version of I've been drinking or has been like, I have split one beer very, very, very slowly with at least one other person. <laughs> oh, no, the Zoomers up here drink, dude. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Uh I'm not going to say which bar it is because I like the bar and I like the people who work there and I don't want people thinking it's just like a fucking rowdy house, but I've seen zoomers in there, like down a beer and then throw up directly into the pint glass and just put it down the corner. <laughs> okay. Trey, what is your prediction for this year? Okay. So my first prediction is that, uh, at some point in the new year, the U S is not going to be the center of the musical universe anymore. Say more. I think. 
I think we're going to get an English act or some kind of like there's going to be a K-pop band that finally just like breaks the shit out of that glass ceiling. Or we're going to get like some African drill or something that's just like nobody's ever heard shit like this before. But I do think there's going to be like a two, three month span where nobody's checking on what's going on in America. And I think there's going to be a big kind of avalanche towards looking abroad. Mm. I think there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, in like, if you think about it, right, Bad Bunny is already sort of that, you know, he's insane. He might be the biggest artist other than Taylor Swift in the world. And he's still technically American. Oh, right. Because he's Puerto Rican. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, I get a lot of like, uh, you know, the trap, like reggaeton kind of uh, trap kind of stuff is definitely, I mean, I, I think Nigeria like has a good chance of producing somebody that would kind of be that huge um i mean uk rap is obviously i mean like day i i never expected like to, like dave and central c are obviously pretty huge you know so i think yeah i, think I also think this is a big year for bad boy chiller crew yeah we can only yeah. pray yeah like especially abroad especially abroad like yeah i think they get a feature with like ariana grande or something i think that's a good i mean i think like i and i think you're right in the sense of like when we talk about rap I think a lot of the major label executives that maybe were trying to sign rap 10, five, even five years ago are probably looking for international stuff. Cause even like most of like, you know, were talking about like that generic kind of sound, that's sort of what plays, right? Like not necessarily, you know, it's like kind of always like, I feel like someone like burner boy, someone will figure out how to sand that even more down to kind of be a more palatable kind of Ed Sheeran ish kind of sound. Yeah. Like a burner boy 2.0 or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this kind of sounds like Canada erasure from your part because I don't know if you've looked at the Billboard charts the past ten years, but there's been a Canadian in the po- in the top ten for that for ten years. <laughs> no, he's Australian. That's yeah. not the same. Bieber, Drake, The Weeknd. What do you mean? Who? I mean, I uh, think Drake is a perfect precursor to yeah. this. Bieber. Yeah, but Canada's never been the center of the musical universe. Drake spent his whole time trying to sound like he was from Houston. So, like, yeah. Or at the Bay at one point. Like, Drake is sort of like a comedian. Yeah, the, like, weekend, the weekend wants to be Quincy Jones, Michael Jackson type shit. Like, it's. We cannot I erase think, OPN from that. Uh, we we cannot erase OPM from that. Yeah, yeah. shout out OPM. Yeah. One day, friend of the cast, but yeah. Drew, what's your um, prediction for the next year? All right. This is... Uh, do you guys want to hear the big one first or the really big one? The really big one. All right. Uh, skinny pants are going to come back. The no. legs, they're getting they're getting smaller. Big pants, they've gone on for too long. I disagree. So you, think, you think it's going to start at the top or the bottom of the leg? It's all at once. I mean, it's going to be a gradual shrinking, but at one point, maybe autumn, late autumn via climate change, like the pants will be tight. I think baggy pants have two to three more years left. Yeah, uh, I was I was actually talking with a bartender earlier today and um, she thinks that it's actually going to be Bermuda pants or Bermuda shorts on women are going to come back. And okay. then the capri pants on men, like the young dro capri pants. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know if they're getting skinnier. 
Yeah, I think. Well, if you think about it, right? Like, so they get longer and shorter, but like baggy pants <laughs> at what, like nineteen ninety one or two, up until two thousand nine, right? So mm. like two thousand eight. So I think like it's gonna be until because Zoomers they're like they're baggy pant pilled, right? Like kind of how millennials got like kind of. Well, older millennials were baggy pan filled, then we're like, oh, and you can still see like 34 year old to 37 year olds that like are still kind of wearing skinnyish pants and kind of look out of it because it hasn't like clicked yet. Um, but yeah, I think it has, I think it has some more time, but I, I think Trey's got a point where it might be some kind of weird thing, like some kind of like left field pant that we didn't see coming. I mean, the but- Wrangler cowboy cut has had a minor moment. I could see that sustaining. Because that gets you tight butt, but loose leg without being a bell bottom. I think the zoo. But then, like, they all want to look cool too. So, like, do we get hammer pants back? That possible. Ooh. I mean, Danny Brown has been wearing those, uh, those huge, like, kind Jinkos. of uh, Jinkos. Yeah, exactly. So, the fact that Jinkos my- came back is insane. I love. That's the only thing I can say good about Zoomers is that they brought baggy pants back. I'm, I was, I'm, I'm ready for it. I was great. I can wear this again. I was here for the first. <laughs> one. <laughs> you know. I mean, I guess my theory was based around the like Danny Brown level baggy pants, where I thought that like it would like reach like the horizon point, you know, and then it would be like zoop, like all the way in. <laughs> yeah. With the baggy plants would just implode on themselves. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like, a, you like a dying star. That was the late 90s, so it took almost a full decade to go back to skinny jeans before that, you know? so Are are young people letting the bottom near their ankles get all ripped up like people used to? Like walking on yeah, it? Yeah, they, they don't know ball, man. They cuff them up. They don't know ball. <laughs> what? They don't, they don't do that? They don't know ball. Not, not the ones I've seen. Or they're not wearing them enough. Yeah, they're not wearing. They take good, too good a care of them. Oh God! Or they're all from Sheen, and they disintegrate after you wash them a second time. <laughs> you, used to, um, you used to let that shit get fucked up. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I, I still do. Like with my pairs of jeans, and then I just like Jordan for the next summer and buy a new pair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Joe, do you have a prediction? I did write one. Sorry, that's okay. Um, I will, I will go again. Cause I have like very minor predictions. My other one, uh, 2000 style indie rock music is going to come back. I believe the death of pitchfork is going to spark an interest in like the types of bands that had five guitar players, each playing a different chord and like played toy instruments and kind of wailed in a weirdly pleasing way like clap your hands say yeah is gonna hit the tiktok i hope so they were clap your hands say yeah was that first album and the second album was pretty good too actually. yeah they they were pretty good yeah. yeah they they um i i think that's a good prediction drew you know who is that band now but kind of like sucks now that they i never like saw their original lead singer so people love that but black country new road mm. like and i went to one of their concerts and i was like this is very arcade fire and apparently like their first um and it was all like zoomers so i think there's i think there will definitely be i like i think there's going to be like print magazines obviously no bells are going to do one i mean i did the land and i saw like kind of the the precursor of kind of this happening where people like 
love print. I think like blogs, obviously spearheaded by the Nina protocol and POW will come back uh, to a point um, for sure. I mean, I think like this 2000s culture in general, you were going to see a continued, you know, like revival of that, all the stuff that, you know, I feel like it's always 20 years behind. Right. So like we're in 2004. So I think it's a perfect time for like the arcade fire core to kind of return. Because you have the dare who is literally doing LCD sound system, which is like just an incredible thing to think about. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Before I do my prediction, I have a question for Jeff. How many things do you subscribe to like monetarily? Like, what are you monetarily invested in? I am the last uh, person under the age of 75 with a LA Times print subscription. Um, I have, I think I still have, like, expired Esquire and GQs that, um, that, like, uh, they stop, they keep sending it to me. I still have an LA Mag subscription that I don't know if it's even, uh, like, ongoing, but they send that to me. Um, I pay for... What substacks do I pay? I mean, I pay for like some of the like people I know substacks. I'm trying to think of like someone who I, who's like substack I really like. Matt Iglesias. They don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's only Matt Iglesias. <laughs> substack. Um, I subscribe to him twice. Or I mean, I, you know, it's like I subscribe to the culture journalist uh, that Emily and Andrea have because those are friends and it's obviously good to support them because they're doing good work. I just subscribe to the No Tags podcast that I just did that episode and I like root for them. But in terms of, I don't know. Shit is expensive. Like, oh, I'm describe it. Yeah, it's absolutely. expensive. It's it adds up. Yeah, it, it it definitely does. Like, I, I did the math and I was like, wait, so I'm spending like five hundred dollars on on this stuff. Whereas, like, used to be able to get like, I used to be like, oh, the New Yorker's too expensive because it's like sixty five dollars a year, seventy dollars, whatever it was, you know. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I feel like there's got to be like five dollars a month is sort of a lot. Like, unless you're producing daily. If you're producing, I think, daily writing, like, I wouldn't feel bad if someone was like, oh, you have to pay $5 for POW or something. Because you're like, third, you know what I mean? Plus, you know, maybe you're getting a podcast. Plus, maybe you're getting playlists or something. But I don't know. Yeah, I feel like the value of a dollar is about to be, I felt, a lot more this year. Um, which is why I think that pizza and going out for a slice of pizza is back in. I, like I feel that. like people don't do that anymore, but it's going to start back up. Going for a slice. Well, that's a, that's the other thing right about zoom like we talk about zoomers you're like well yeah they're probably not drinking because it's like 17 dollars a drink in la and new york not if you know where you're going not if you know no where you're no, no that is a new york thing la has very few spots where new york does have like, in new york you have to walk past 17 bars to get to the bar but you know you're gonna la does not but la does not have that like everywhere yeah, you I have go, to drive to the bar man it's and also, y'all don't really have to drive. You just do it. The bar would be three blocks away. It's like, yeah, let's get in the car. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. LA does not have. I mean, like, I, there, I cannot find a bar. It's like, if you see somebody walking down the sidewalk in LA, y'all are like, oh, he's homeless. And <laughs> How much is a pint of beer in LA, Jeff? Um, I mean, like, if you're going to a club, like a show. No, 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 no. Like a normal bar. Though. At a normal bar, I would say a like a bar that would be your local or whatever. Eight or nine dollars, probably. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. about the same as here. What's the most cost efficient beverage uh in terms of like ethanol alcohol to dollar? A, mar- a martini. Um, espresso or non? 
No, nah, no, an espresso martini gonna cost you an extra ten dollars. Yeah, no, the Beats that was the Beat generation that was like they they drank martinis a lot of them because it was, they was just like you could get fucked up on two drinks. Yeah, a, mar- a martini, mm. depending on where you go, it's gonna be like four to six shots in one glass, and it'll cost you like fucking eighteen dollars. I mean, a Long Island iced tea will also get you fucking tanked. <laughs> like, but then you have to order a Long Island iced tea. Yeah, you gotta and you gotta drink the whole thing, which Long Island iced tea is cool, like one third the way through. But yeah, yeah. Have you tried putting vodka in that Panera Bread lemonade? <laughs> Uh, oh, the, oh, the depth, the depth juice. Yeah. yeah. What? Oh, you know the Panera lemonade that's been killing people or whatever. It's killed someone. Two people. Oh, yeah, two oh, people. Two. It's like what? What's wrong with our culture when the lemonade kills you, and then there's not like that one spicy chip that I can do. They're like, what's wrong with you? Like that's what that's what Pitchfork has to do. They have to make a product that's uh, like the the worst sound ever heard and then you have to do the pitchfork challenge where you have to listen to the sound they're kind of everything they like spend on pitchfork is just like once a year we're gonna get like fucking little uzi vert to eat the hottest chip on earth and just record his reaction every time and then next year we'll have new artists but yeah i like the idea of the like pitchfork putting all of its remaining funds into the musical samas that i mean that is the only way i think like that publications are going to survive is if they like have some kind of other thing that's feeding them you know what i mean like i don't think like i mean like i i didn't mention it but like it's also the death of the display ad you know what i mean like Mm. it's just kind of gone and like there was a period where people were getting like i'm sure vice was getting it millions of dollars for these display ads and like they just don't exist in any kind of meaningful way and that like that's what i was talking about google and facebook why we yeah I'm not going to say none is going to end me up on a watch list, but yeah, there's something needs to be done. Yeah, no, I, I, there's, uh, there's, uh, there's two things that I really wish that um, people would get really riled up about because it would have like a fundamental change, I think, uh, in like daily lives, which a, like the news we consume is clearly important, whether you think pitchfork, you know what I mean? But like all new, like look at the shitty situation that we're in where it's like, basically you can't trust. Like, I don't know what's a real magazine with the shell company anymore. And like, I'm in it. And I think if you had those, like the legislation that's currently in California, because they've done that in Australia and like publications have grown and like they're, they're in robust health or relatively compared to America. And um, the other thing which nobody's talking about, and I wish that like people on the left would kind of like focus on this. Cause I think, again, this would be a really big thing. What is uh, there's currently something in Congress right now, which it's, you know, not going through, but like to stop private equity um, from buying single family homes. And I think a big yes. why yeah. all around America, why yeah. um these why homes are so fucking expensive. I mean, they they exploded because all during the pandemic, all these fucking companies, like, I mean, it's such a sham, right? Where they're like, oh yeah, the reason why inflation happened is because like people got eighteen hundred dollars. It's like, no, it's because these private equity companies got like well, even eighteen hundred, man. Joe Biden still owes me money. I think I got eighteen. Uh, yeah, I, I like didn't get a check or something. Like I there's one that was uh, but yeah, but like if that happened. I think prices would go down because private equity couldn't do it. But like that, I think that should be something that should people should, you know, be like protesting and kind of because I think you could actually exert political pressure where maybe something like that could pass. Because like, but you know, those two things could really change people's lives. Where you'd have a you more quality media, you'd have an ecosystem that would exist. Because like, if you think about the media thing, and this is like the thing that like I get so upset about 
is it's not just the writers, it's, you know, the, the musicians, it's films, it's directors, it's writers that, you know, like I have a book coming out, you true, you obviously had a, an excellent book. And it's like, you got a lot of yeah. press, but like, you probably would have had five times more press if like the press was like, in a, existed in a meaningful way, the way it used to. And that oh, absolutely. Sales. Yeah. And there's all these different things. There's a young generation of writers where it's like, you know, I don't know, it's just a better culture when there is a, like a healthy press. And I think now, like, there's all these things are intertwined. And I think like, you know, all weeklies are gone. You know what I mean? Like that. And a lot of it is also just corporate greed, but there's like this entire, you know, there was that Ezra Klein thing where he's like the middle class has been gutted, but it's been happening for a long time. And I think like, you know, obviously Drew, didn't, you were a voice guy, weren't you at at first? Uh, I wrote for them a bit. Yeah. But I I didn't work there. No, no, no. Yeah. That's what I mean. But yeah, it, it just doesn't um, like, there's no ecosystem anymore. It's sort of like it, Sort of like the food chains all destroyed. So. All right, Joe, you have a you have a prediction. It's I think AI is going to start to fall out of style by the end of the year. It's not gonna it's not gonna catch on with people the way I think people are saying it is. Do you know anyone in your life who uses AI? I agree. I think AI is three D printing. I disagree. I I think AI has already been used in business and it will continue to be used behind the scenes and probably get used more behind the scenes. But you can't sell it on a consumer level. You can't. There's people still, no matter how isolated people get, they certain things demand like flesh and blood, like you to show up. You know what I mean? Like, so I just, I don't, I don't, I think weirdly I have this, uh, I don't think it's kind of like that style. Like, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, I, that was it. I don't think it's going to be in style by the end of the year. Like, I think it's going to weirdly fall off. Like, it's going to start to look like people are going to start to hate it and sort of it's going to become uncool pretty quickly. Like, for me, it's kind of that thing where uh, even boomers, like, they call up a phone number. It's like, can I just speak to a person? I'm tired of speaking to a robot. Uh, and like, that, yeah, yeah. you've yeah. always hated that. And yeah. you get a person eventually. <laughs> you yeah, must, true. If you yell long enough, yeah. <laughs> you um, just get find one more phone number or what? If you Google how to get a person, you can get a person. <laughs> it's like you go on LinkedIn to get somebody's like Google voice number. <laughs> And they're like, hello? Like, yeah, I've got a bone to pick with you. Yeah. But I'm I'm open to push back against that. It's also what I want to happen. So it's a bit of a prediction and a desire, but I do firmly sort of believe it. I mean, I think it's so deeply ingrained in our, like, I mean, right now, like, let's take Spotify, which like, you know, obviously I, I like, I wish I didn't have to have Spotify, but like, it's so easy and you have like, you know what I mean? If you told I'm a me music about, obsessive, I, if you, you know, told me 13, you can yes. listen to every album ever immediately. I would have been like, that is the greatest invention yeah. ever made, you know? But I think like right now it's so crazy the way it's being used, right? Where it's like, I don't know. There'll be like a, like a young LA rapper, right. That I'll like be kind of into like, uh, have you heard this kid X four or like this, there's this kid banded to Mac who's like 19 and is actually incredible. Like he's the best, a young LA rapper I've heard in a couple of years and um, bandit Demac, And uh, he just turned 19 and he's from the inland empire. And he's a great storyteller. He is my like favorite LA rapper. And I've like, I like all, almost all of the ones that kind of bubble up, um, you know, but he's really, he, he's sort of the one, I think who knows if it'll go any further, but he's definitely, he's like telling kind of like complex crime sagas, which is like really precocious for a 19 year old. But like, Spotify already has 
band like listen you want to hear your daily bandit to mac mix and i'm like that's fucking <laughs> <insane>. <laughs> nobody knows who he is other than like like four sixty like sugar freeze kids are the only people in me that know who he is but you know it's uh do you think that there's a possibility that mp3 collecting will come back in a retro way it'll be cool to have a big hard drive filled with mp3s that other people don't have and then i could see like, ipod classics coming back like people would yeah, buy some shit like that. yeah okay sick i found them i'm about to listen to this you shit. gotta like but you gotta collect the mp3s it's offline we're not talking to any cloud shit that's uncool okay <laughs> but what if we backed it up with the digital ledger that was saved to the blockchain Nah, it's too complicated. I'm just yeah, talking about yeah. how cool it was when we, you know, we're all of the age that we were able to download a big ass folder, put the whole fucking folder on whatever iPod we had and listen to a hundred new songs like that. Yeah, but oh if my you God. Were careful, like, you would download like a 500 songs and then you would play one and you just hear, no! Fake <laughs> <laughs> MP3s are incredible, like, dude. That is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's do you like, guys this remember is, this is the Beatles? Like, what the fuck is going on? Here? <laughs> <laughs> you guys remember? But then you're like, it's tunes? better than the Beatles, actually. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Do you guys remember our tunes? It was this thing where, like, if you connected two computers, uh, it was a program that would let you download yes. from the other person's yeah, iTunes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Is that. Dangerous. that was, yeah, yeah. I totally remember that. Yeah, that. Well, if I just, that comes true, I would I just, like that. Sorry. I mean, I feel bad for like, I, I, I believe that obviously there's always going to be kids that are going to like love music, but it, it's just like on some level, like a certain scarcity, like it, it makes things more valuable, right? Like just in any con in any like quality of life, right? So when you only could get like 30 songs at a, you know what I mean? Like you bought a CD and you're like, I must listen to the CD like yeah. 50 times because I do not have money to buy another CD that like, you're going to like have deeper memories and emotions connected to a piece of music versus like, you know, like, I don't know this morning I was like, man, you know, I, I got been listening to a lot of like George Duke's discography. Right. And like, I'd listen to some of it obviously, but like, I was like, Oh damn, like this album's from 1974 is sick. I can now listen to the whole thing. But like, am I going to have, I mean, you know what I mean? Like you're just not gonna, it's too, Dude. it's like, Eating from a buffet, dude. It was like, uh, so over the past year, it was because, like, I'm sure you guys have fallen like victim to this before, like being music writers or like music journalism, whatever. It's like you feel like you have to consume more than you can actually like sit down and give something time. Because it's like it's one thing to like one album and really, really be able to talk about it, but like when it comes time for like you know you're doing end of the year with some stuff, like you kind of need to know what everybody's been talking about. And so there are periods when, like, you don't get to sit down with the album and give it. What? Oh, oh he. Oh. Slav has fallen asleep. <laughs> no, I'm not asleep. I'm just... over here. No, I'm good. Um, I'm good. But yeah, it's it's one of those things. Like, I've been going back and like listening to stuff that I might have like sat down with for like maybe one or two listens. Like, oh, this is pretty good. And going back is like, no, this is actually fucking incredible. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I've been listening to a bunch of old Sergio Simpson stuff. Fucking the past two Tyler albums I really sat down with over the past couple weeks recently and it was like, oh, he's really like rapping his ass off on Call Me If You Get Lost. Yeah. It's actually a fantastic fucking album. And then he's even that was blind stuff of blind uh spots before, like you guys ever gone through like Alan Lomax's fucking uh 
projects? A little bit. Yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, even if you just go to the transcripts of his interviews, it's just like, what do you mean the field of dead Negroes? And yeah, yeah, it's fucking insane shit. But like, yeah, man. I'm hoping like that's honestly one of my predictions for the year is like people are going to get back to old shit. I also have two more after this one, but like, yeah, I think like popular music's like in such an uninspired place right now. People are going to go back and be like, huh? Yeah. All the way back to Alan Lomax. <laughs> Dude, they should teach Alan Lomax in schools, man. Yeah. I learned Alan Lomax in you could, you could, you could do a political class. I mean, like about like the politics of the era, like, you know, Jim Crow South and like, yeah, like uh, fucking like chain gang songs and shit or like yeah. parts of West Texas yeah. that were just like, and he just, yeah, we, they, they belly, don't yeah. matter. Like, yeah. He discovered Lead Belly, right? Like, wasn't that his? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, and Lead Belly was in Angola. So, you know, it's like you could, I mean, you could do a class like, I mean, just on that Angola, you know, from like Lead Belly to Boosie, you know, it's, uh, Oh, that! Oh, that's <laughs> cut. Cut that part. Cut that part. Like, yeah, teach that class. <laughs> All right, was, Trey. What are your other? About to teach that class. Yeah, I was listening to Boosie today. I was like, I was like, it's like we've totally gotten to the part of the culture where I'm like, they don't make them like this anymore. <laughs> oh, dude, did you hear that uh, Gucci C Murder album? A Gucci, no Gucci BG album, and they got a song with C Murder on it. Is it good? No. Dude, it's I play it in the wine shop and it'll be like a bunch of moms come in and be like, ooh, what's this? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I was like, I know that there's gonna be three of the best songs ever made on that album. <laughs> I just need to know what they are to not. Dude, I, I know it's like it's pretty solid from top to bottom. All right, I'm gonna listen to that. Yeah. 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 So Trey, what are your other predictions? You said you had one or two? Okay, so what was the one I just said? Biden's going to win. Okay, so I said people going back to old shit. And yeah, that might be something for us to talk about on this podcast this year. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely about I mean, I think a lot you already seeing it, I think, with a lot of Zoomers where like they if you look at like what's popular, I mean, what that like Sophie Ellis Baxter is like the biggest song in America because yeah. Saltburn. And like you already are seeing it. What was that with Kate Bush? Kate Bush. Had yeah. That. yeah. Like you're slow dive. Yeah. yeah. Totally right. Oh, yeah. yeah it was a few years ago. What's his name? Skateboarding down that hill on Fleetwood Mac was playing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that guy. Yeah. That guy. And even okay. more recent stuff, man. Like, yo, it's, it's weird to say this about Danny Brown, but Danny Brown might be the most underrated rapper of his fucking generation. I agree. And yeah. like, yeah, it's like that was it a uh, triple X old and atrocity exhibition is arguably the best trilogy of our, you know, adulthoods at least. Yeah. It's yeah. for sure. Yeah. I mean, he, I, I thought, the, I thought Quarenta was great. Quarenta was fucking insane, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, he, yeah. He's so fucking good, and like he's never got that big. Mind you, there ain't too many Danny Brown songs you can play on the radio, so I get it. But oh, I was gonna say cut, like probably cut it. But I, I do you know, I'm doing a book with Danny. I didn't. Oh no, that's yeah. sick. It's not a, I don't know why they. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll cut that and let you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I kind of like set it on no tags because I figured like they were gonna like uh, cut it. I thought they were gonna um, announce it by now. But they just didn't announce it. I was like, ooh. <laughs> so I just like accidentally. But yeah, no, we're doing a book. Um, okay, no cut. We're the ones announcing it. Yeah. You can. I don't I don't think like Danny cares. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. like, I mean, Danny. What's the I, book about? 
uh, the book is going to be like just about I, I'm the goal that I kind of get. Danny's like, I don't know, whatever you want. Uh, the goal is the sort of like, <laughs> it's like the book's about you, bro. <laughs> I, know, I was like, yeah, yeah. Talk about me. I think my goal for it, and I think you know, we're both in a agreement is like make it somewhere between like the ego trip book, like Prodigy's autobiography, and uh, like uh, the Beastie Boys book. Those are like the three goals of mm. what about that's Danny? really Brown? cool, man. And sort of thanks, yeah. I mean, and just about <clears throat> like one of the only people like they came to me and they're like, "Do you want to do this?" And I really have n- I had no interest in doing a book with anybody, but uh, like I was like, "Why is a guy like fucking Danny, man?" Like, yeah, yeah he, I was like, "He's like, like again like one of the closest things we have to a fucking folk hero." You totally. know I mean? Yeah. Did you? Did any of you read his recent interviews where he talked about being blackout drunk doing the songs with Woods? We might have to he- cut this. Yeah, he told me. Yeah, personally, I got. He was not blackout while he was here. We cannot account for what happened after. (laughs) But he delivered two incredible verses. Had several conversations. Like, I, I mean, I can't say for sure, but it was very surprising. He 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 did not hear. That's the thing. Like, like they left here partying still. So if he drank more after he left, I totally get it. But that was crazy, surprising to hear that he that he. He was like, I don't remember anything. Because I was like, that was one of his best verses. Like, Joe, Joe dude, like, he did if two in one night. Danny Brown talking about Jewish tunnels on the next album, that's not my fault. Like, yeah. He did two in one night. He did that track, and he did the track for Blockhead, both. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, both of them are very good. And yeah, uh, he, yeah, he was like, I don't know. I knew that I had to come up with some shit for Woods because he's so good. And then he's like, I was just like stealing lines from my different, like, because I guess he was saying how he had like all these notes. And he just took the yeah. best one from every notepad that he, yeah. or like every digital, you know, note. That he and had. he kept going past where he was supposed to go. And luckily I just did not hit stop because like the last part of it, he just kept going and going and it all got left in. And it was really good. Well, yeah. But yeah. Awesome. We're, 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 go- we're going back to old shit and uh, even not that old shit. Like, I think a bunch of pe- these younger kids are also going to discover, like, the older ASAP projects and shit. Yeah. I think they're mm-hmm. going to discover, like, old Gucci shit. I think they're going to, yeah, it's like. Like, Boosie is probably going to come back. Like, I already saw it. Like, Sexy Red was like, Boosie's my favorite rapper. So, like, someone like that's going to come back, you know, I think. Yeah, I was listening to old Gangsta Because I was listening to old Tyler shit, I went back and listened to old Gangsta Girls, man. And, like, they're hard to find, but some of these are really fucking good. Which ones were you listening to? Uh, the Pharrell Gangster Girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, that. Um, that, yeah, that, first, that first fabulous one is fucking insane, dude. Really? I never listened to that. Yeah, uh, that one fucking goes crazy. Does that a, does Late Nights with Jeremiah count as a Gangster Girls album? If so, it that's is. my favorite one. Yeah, which if one? DJ Drama's yelling in the background, then it counts. Oh, okay. Then there's a lot. There's the Childish Gambino one. Oh, that's Pitchfork's legacy to me. Is Childish Gambino being upset about oh, the, oh, the, mon- the monkey pissing in his mouth or whatever? No, that's Jet. Childish Gambino got Ian Coned at peak Ian Cone. <laughs> like, yeah. Just like, yeah, it was. Well, I mean, if you think about it, like, as much as like Pitchfork could be like vicious. They like did make Childish Gambino and Mac Miller make better music, you know. Yeah. Like, to be fair, like Mac Miller got a lot better, <laughs> like you know. Yeah, and then Childish Gambino made Redbone. Yeah. Uh, Red. Yeah. I mean, Redbone's like a good song, even though it's like basically a Bootsy Collins cover, but it's still exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah they 
made uh, Machine Gun Kelly bring real punk rock back. Lace um, up. up. Okay, my last two, uh, and I don't, don't think we need to go deep in these, but I think uh, websites with the uh, ending .fm are going to come back. And <laughs> okay. also, uh, gourmet hot dogs. Not hot dogs, gourmet corn dogs. Uh-huh. Ooh, nice. Cool. I see that. that. That the corn dog is a like trend forecasting, like we have a couple like Korean fried spots around us that like have open and closed. I think they were just ahead of their time. We also had a place called Glizzy's, (laughs) really, which I I didn't I didn't like that because nobody from DC was involved in that shit, and they shut down. And like you know, sorry for the people who worked there; they were nice, but the owners uh, overstepped their bounds, and yeah. Is Criff Dog still around? Probably. So they are perfectly but, positioned. I think, it, I think it's here, the dogs. Yeah. Yeah. I, like yeah. Somebody, somebody's going to make a $20 corn dog and people are going to buy that shit. And it's just going to be one of those like, where, how the fuck did we get here kind of things, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Jeff, your response is the $20 corn dog, the next cronut. I, I could definitely see. I feel like I've seen a few like designer corn dogs like around town. Like I, there's definitely uh, something bubbling in the air. <laughs> you know? In the air fryer, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a live bedtime story for Slava now. <laughs> Your voice for, is so Drew, Drew, keep talking. For the <laughs> listeners, Slava has like a t-shirt wrapped around his head and is laying back in bed. His purple neon light that says it's lit is still on though. It says sus. Oh, sus. Okay. We can't, we can't see. Yeah. It's fine. Take my word for it. I've never lied to you. Um... Oh, wait, I have one more prediction. Cocaine is out, okay? It's not cool to do cocaine anymore. It's also very easy to get it. Everyone's worried about fentanyl. Everybody wants to become an entrepreneur, but everybody lacks the hustle and grind. So cocaine, it's out. Yeah, I mean, people are dying from it, so like, I think it's probably going to hurt cocaine. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's. I think like it's probably going to lead, like, I don't know, like a lot of, like, a lot more sobriety, I think. Like, I mean, I, did you see this thing where it's like, uh, there's like non-alcoholic bars now, like all, yeah. yeah oh like yeah, the mocktails, mocktail yeah, bars. That's like definitely gonna be a thing. Oh yeah, we have we have a few of those around here. Yeah, yeah, and the regular bars are starting to serve them a ton too. Have yeah. a couple mocktails on the. Uh, we also the non-alcoholic people. beer is getting really fucking good, man. Yeah, have you had a non-alcoholic white claw? What do y'all have? Yeah. This? No, but I mean, just like a lacroix, lacroix, America. Yeah, no, it's like a you know, like white claw, right? The You're about the a it's like that, but it has no alcohol, so it's like zero percent. Oh, it's Sprite. No, it's just a that seltzer. No, it's got a kick to it. Also, Trey, on a very early episode of Nerzy, you told me about the bitters thing and just putting bitters in seltzer. There's a lot of alcohol in bitters, there is. No, there's like yeah. bitters are like maybe like one point five percent. No. Yes. 
<laughs> That's what I was drinking. I don't know what kind of bitters y'all using up there, but I'm telling you the kind of bitters that I get it. That's like 15%, yeah, that bro. shit is like maybe max 2% alcohol. No, well, I thought it was also you just drink, didn't You need to drink 50 of those with a lot of bitters in it to get drunk. And okay. if I'm drinking 50 waters a night, I'm dead anyway because I'm going to get water poisoning. <laughs> so, like, yeah, it's not on the bitters. You do like 10 <laughs> dashes of bitters, though. Like, you do a lot of dashes. No, you don't. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> the drink that you still trying to get drunk off of a bitter drink. That's not the point. <laughs> well, uh, Bro, go to sleep. You're delusional as hell right now, man. Like, yeah, you're tired as shit. There's alcohol and bitters. That's all I'm going to say. There's alcohol uh, and vanilla extract. You don't get drunk off of rum cake. Like, there's alcohol on. and vanilla extract. Google says, yeah, Google says there's a there's like 35%. Yeah, thank you, Joe. Nah, we you only have a little bit in your drink. Bitters, yeah, wait, it bitter. says, yeah. I had two bitters and sodas like the other night and uh, didn't get and it you, at all. You didn't get yeah, drunk at all? Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, these fucking Philistines. Yeah. No. That was just. I didn't know it had any alcohol. Honestly, this is new to me. I like. I, I thought I was like being like dry. Jam- I not like I would. God, dude, it. it's it's the most marginal amount of alcohol in there that doesn't even matter. Like, hold on, what what what? what? I just googled a, what percent of alcohol is in bitters, and it says between thirty five to forty five. But they put in so little, you. That, like you can't get fucked up. Vindicated. You got to drink like a bottle of bitters. God, what a great way to fall asleep. All right, new term: New York sober is just drinking uh, soda and bitters. Shout out, Michelle. Look, you don't even um, have to be twenty-one to buy the bitters, man. I know. Yeah, that's so weird. Yeah, it's like adding a drop of vanilla extract into a milkshake. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Fuck off. It's flavoring. Flava over here chugging a thing of fucking agriculture. And drunk on Josh and bitters. <laughs> Let's quickly uh, each talk about a song we're into. We have Jeff. Is there a song that you have been enjoying? We're trying to um, make segments now. Yeah. This is called Sleepers. Yeah. Um, that, that kid, uh, Bandit the Mac. Um, I really like that um, with the I look it up I'm like see this is the problem like I'm like yeah I like this one song by this artist and I'm like mm-hmm. um, it's off his new album Out of Control Tragic Tale Part 1 they were like that song. This nigga dreaming about some pussy, getting his freak on. He hella horny, drooling on the pillow that he sleep on. His fantasy get interrupted by a ringtone. iPhone 6, nigga grown with a pink phone. He pick it up and say what's cracking in the mean tone. His homie laughing, gave him three words, said the chain's gone. That's all he had to say to snap him out his wet dream. He put the phone on speaker and start reaching for his XD. And now we cheesing cause he's scheming with his thieving ass. But he still got to get to him, said to him, where we linking at? His homie chuckled cause he noticed how his mood changed. He told him he gon' send it, he ain't him it by a food place He said for sure he gon' be there in about an hour He just gotta change the place um, and Like I said, he's, you know, a kid from that. To me, honestly, mainly what I listen to Like, is just like LA regional Rappers, a lot of whom are from the Inland Empire now Or like uh, Palmdale, Victorville, places like that um, It feels very It's very obviously post-Draco But it just feels kind of like Unmediated from industry which i like it it feels like kids just making music that they don't like it, i i and i think to me that's a kind of the spirit of rap is kids making music 
and not really knowing which rules they're breaking and just kind of maybe imitating the artists that they really like, but finding something new somewhere. In, and and this kid is a, a really great storyteller. And um, that's been something that West Coast rap isn't, I mean, there are obviously been great West Coast storytellers, but it's not generally like, it's not as uh, narrative based, obviously, as like the East Coast tradition. So it's kind of was shocking to see this kid, you know, writing such like cogent and kind of harrowing narratives. So yeah, that would mm. be it. Mine is a song called Armored Core by an artist named Tech Linto, who I think he's from Arizona. And he seems to be someone who plays like a lot of Counter Strike and then <laughs> makes music that is equally influenced by like the most out there Chief Keef, um, Young Thug, et cetera, what have you. And then also Lil Ugly Mane in his, like, approach. Um, one of his songs is just him gurgling nonsense. Um, that's his big hit. It's called Ween Wow, but Armored Core <laughs> is the true sleeper of the Teclan Toe discography. Um, it's very, it's very emotive. What's and the like, one called Ween Wow. <laughs> I feel like you're godfather of the Zoomverse secretly. Like, I feel like your taste is like very, like you, your brain get like gets zoomer internet i think like naturally very, whereas my brain is like <laughs> you know yeah yeah um i'm just gonna i'm gonna call you out on the pod jeff i tried to convince you to let me uh just like jam in a song by this uh edm country trap artist named cowgirl clue into the passion of the weiss year end list by being like Listen, she it's basically rap because she talks rhythmically. Um didn't work. That's how Not, people no, that's the same logic people tried to use with Debbie Harry and like come the fuck on, man. Well, I I would argue that's like a way different context because she was in like the, the Lower East side of the early eighties when like rap is the first thing it's starting to happen and like Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five are like playing the dance club alongside of like the talking heads or whatever. And so there was like actual, like a genuine trying, novel. Trying to do something and doing something and not the same fucking thing. All right. Well, tell that to Debbie Harry. I will like, give me her phone number. All right. Uh, Slava, do you have a song you would like to share? Hell yeah, dude. I'm so happy you asked. So, um, a few months ago, Drew Millard put me on to a guy named Zach Bryan. And then I switched careers. And guess who the one artist that everybody listens to at this new job is? 
Zach. It's fucking Zach. <laughs> John Beguzabo. Um, no, it's Zach Bryan, dude. So, like, I'm up and up on all of the cool stuff because of Nursey, um, which is why you should consider paying us $5 a month. But the part of five dollars is more than five. Yeah, we have we have a two hundred dollar tier that if you join it, you could just come onto our group chat. Um, but anyway, for four hundred twenty dollars, we'll give you our personal phone numbers, and you just call us whenever the fuck you want. Absolutely. Um, but the best Zach Bryan song even kiss you on the mouth if you pay five hundred dollars. But yeah, mine is way cheaper rate than that. It's one forty half hour GFE full Greek D A T Y. Um, but the song is called Whiskey Fever. Drinking fever that I cannot shake And those girls downtown are more than I can take High-waisted Rockies and the sailors' mouths And the boys in the back of the bar screaming loud Oh, whiskey real, take me home And I smell like cologne and cigarettes but I And the reason I like this one a lot is You don't see this much, but there's like a third verse reveal That like a lot of uh, songwriters don't be doing anymore So it'll be like I don't want to spoil it, but uh, the main character goes to serve in the army. Man. Yeah. Flex bomb. Yeah. So that's my song, song of the week, my sleeper, my Joe Budden style sleeper. Did you see, did you see Alex Jones go at Joe Budden and he called him Joe Budden? What? <laughs> I don't know what he got before. I feel like that was right in front of us. Yeah, it's like after everything everybody said about Joe Budden over the years, Azealia Banks, Drake, Jay-Z, nobody has ethered him, the little B, thank you, nobody got his ass harder than Alex Jones calling him, unironically, Joe Budens. Oh, he oh he called him Osama bin Budens? I'm going to no, still just, say how you rap in with a full beard is still better. Little <laughs> <laughs> B, you know? Yeah. 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 T-shirts and buttons is one of the great diss tracks, yeah. Like, the thing about Little B is, like, obviously based, uh, it's been fucked into it, uh, oblivion by, like, right-wing assholes, but Little B, kind of two of the great diss tracks of all time. You know? oh, wow. and What's the other one? Fuck Kevin Durant? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck Kevin Durant. Like, how many <laughs> great artists have two um, immortal-like diss tracks? I feel like not many. You know, uh, most don't have a single. Most one. don't have one, but like if you have one, usually you don't get like a second one. Like Jay Z tried, and never, even his mom was like, "Whoa, <laughs> like don't yeah. do that." You know. Also, fuck Kevin Durant. Early iteration of hyperpop. <laughs> <laughs> He's two gex. I would say he was like that was at least gex. sixty-eight gex. <laughs> yeah. Um. Trey, what is your Joe Budden style sleeper? Oh, what have I been listening to lately? Hold on. Uh, we can have Joe go if you want to look up a good one real quick. Actually, I'll go with one Joe put me on to. Okay. Payola, payola, payola. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
Ryan Ennels and Infinity Lives, uh, two years ago now, they put out this album, King Cobra. That's and it's song, A Melancholy Boogie, I've listened to a lot lately, along with The Badger. The Badger is about killing your landlord, which Ooh. makes it an immediate banger. But um, yeah, Melancholy Boogie is just like a fuck, like funky-ass like disco song where they talk about killing Ted Cruz and things <laughs> and... Yeah. Well, not killing him, but definitely stabbing him. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a fucking sick song, man. It's so fucking good, man. Dude, another one I play in the shop and people were like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Brian Ennell's also incredibly nice guy. Incredibly and, nice. One of my favorite rappers. Yeah. He's yeah, in, in, so incredible. Nice. Yo, he's like, yo, great opinions. I'll tell him that much. Yeah. He's smart. Yeah. He's really smart. He was like a, uh, he's like a, he's like, he was like an original not right reader actually. And like was in the oh, comments. Cool. And because because when we reviewed his record, we did like a couple things on his album, right? And um, he's like, nah, you reviewed my music before. And I was like, we did? And he's like, no, no, yeah, yeah. We had this writer named uh, Mob Dean. I don't know if you remember Mob oh Dean. Oh, my God. The one oh, shout out, Dean. <laughs> yeah, Slava. Shout out, Dean. Yeah, yeah. No, I love, yeah, Dean is, is a legend. And uh, yeah, he's like, Brian Eddles was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dean wrote about it and I, I like looked it up and I was like, oh yeah, I, I totally remember this. And I was like, how did how do you know Dean like that? Because yeah, we met in the Not Right comments. Wow. <laughs> That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. And shout yeah. out to Dean for calling Drake the beige god very early. <laughs> Dean, like that's the thing, is I feel like if music journalism was like a sustainable thing, Dean could have been like a huge right. I think Dean was so funny. Yeah, Dude, he's just like, yeah, I got a law degree, man. Fuck y'all. I'm exactly. Yeah, he's just know, like, uh, yeah. The fuck I look like. Yeah, he's I like he, six figures. He's he's the first one that started calling it Fanute the Coop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he he was a big proponent of Fanute the Coop. <laughs> I almost called uh, my, my I almost called my old, old podcast shots fired Fanute the Coop, <laughs> <laughs> which honestly would have held up. <laughs> so maybe I was wrong. Yo, the Fanute will ride again, man. Fanute is <laughs> that should be the thing that we bring back in twenty. That, that should be like, that, yeah, yeah. That, that's the like episode Fanute the twenty twenty four. Fanute the new year. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Fanute, great, great verb. Like just an all time great verb. Right. <laughs> it's like way better than finessing. It's a totally <laughs> but similar. I Fanute the plug. <laughs> I once interviewed French Montana around the time that Fanute uh, was coined, and I asked him about it, and he was just like, yo, there's much fanutation, as he was eating a Chipotle burrito. <laughs> um, okay, Joe, what is your sleeper? Oh, uh, Bruiser Wolf dropped a new album. And there's a track ah. on there, Looney Tunes. It's really good. Yeah. Huh. Oh, 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 oh. 
We both in the club, singing off beat, off beat. You need TLC, shit, so I creep, creep. The foreign color of urine, that's European. Cop corn, yellow diamonds, my jeweler vegan. Hey, uh, dopamine, dopamine. I'm a baker like Josephine. Sling a kilogram. Just a Detroit hustler, rocking the feel of bread. Uh, but this is life. Oh, this is life. Deliver the boy and girl like a midwife. Midwife. Hey, I'm sipping Glico. Spinning Zeno. She wants yeah, no bruiser wolf. I love that. I oh, think that's oh, oh, yeah. Big bruiser wolf. Yeah, Not a big one, but uh, yeah, a fan. This new album is really good. I almost chose yeah, it. Yeah, he, I, I, like, I was kind of, I, I know a few people that loved it and a few people that weren't crazy about it. And I was kind of shocked that anyone did. Like, I thought it was like definitely an improvement from, I, I loved the last record, but I think that he stepped up his storytelling on this one and his flow, like his flow. I think people like kind of assume it's kind of gimmicky, but he, it, on this one, I feel like he left a lot of room and he's kind of like being even more playful and there's like pauses between it. And I don't know. He's like an actor, you know, it's, it's, he's, he's one of the funniest, most charismatic rapper. Like it's really, comes through how much he enjoys it and how funny and like good and yeah like dude it's it's i'm shot yeah it's yeah. really it was great. definitely my like first favorite like first great rap album of the year that i heard you know yeah i like the boldy but this one i think was like i it's been crazy. a little bit well, good news. There's like five Nas albums coming out this year, so if you didn't like anything back to about it yet. <laughs> and only three of them are about the pyramids. <laughs> Who built them? Oh, speaking built of pyramids, them? <laughs> uh, bonus bonus prediction for me, the cannabis uh, <laughs> urgence I don't even know what you're about to is say. upon us. Cannabis, he's coming back, dude. He like he has an album with the producer Bronze Nazareth, who is like a he's like a sub true master Wu Tang affiliated producer. Um, well, it's well, called like, but <laughs> uh, oh, dude, Mathematics had a beat on the first Wu Tang, so he's obviously in tier like one B. Yeah. Um, but like. Yeah, this album came out like 10 years ago, but it's like really good. It's like Canvas getting good production for the first time in his life and being like, okay, uh, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a 10-minute song about how I fucked my career up that's really good. But then also on this album, I will rap about getting abducted by aliens and having my own poop sucked out of my butt in a glacier. And that's like crazy that that's okay. not, that's the, this is the first time he ever did that. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, I hate it when that happens, but like, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes this album is just—it's so good, and it's just sitting there, and someone is going to find it and put it on TikTok. Best new music, five point nine. Going to be nursery. Did you? It's going to be nursery. Like last week, that um, like. The alien ant farm smooth criminal thing went viral. Did you see that? Which you you probably like that one. Like, I, yeah. Did you see that? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, Unpopular opinion, maybe, but I think alien ant farm smooth criminal is better than the original. Not unpopular, apparently. That's why it went viral. A lot of people are fucking with it. Oh, heavy. really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. No. It, yeah. It, it's yeah. It goes harder than the original. It's a banger. Yeah. I've never listened to an alien ant farm song besides Smooth Criminal. 
I mean, maybe, I think- but like when they're right, they're right. <laughs> I can't I wait for have, TikTok. I don't, I don't care to explore how right they are about other things, but they're definitely right about this one. They're going to discover dynamite hacks, boys in the hood next. It's going to be, <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, Eve six. Oh, already comes back, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jump franchise boys are due for a comeback. I, they definitely are. Yeah. Um, all right, Jeff, we are going to let you go. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Love y'all. Uh, yeah. When I have book promotion, I'm going to, uh, hopefully no, uh, you guys will still be doing this in a year. I would like, uh, absolutely. Would... There's still so many sites left to shut down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll never run out of material. We're coming to you the ringer. This has been nerzy. Thank you so much for listening. I've been drew. My co-hosts are Trey and Slava. Our producer is Joe, a.k.a. Steel Tip Dove. Our music is by Pulitzer Prize nominee Craig S. Jenkins. And our guest has been Jeff Weiss, a.k.a. Young the Land Magazine, a.k.a. The Hyperpop Hater, a.k.a. The Freestyle Fellow. Um... Yo, aka the reason we're all in this group chat right now, if you really yes. want to break it down. Mm. Yes. Um, aka Coachella cops can't touch me. <laughs> um. <laughs>